0: One couple confessed, "When we got married, we had three theories of how to raise children. And now, after many years, we have three children with no theories." <laughs> Raising children, those of you are parents, is no joke, and it's it's a blessing and a curse at the same time. Sometimes you feel like, uh, but it truly is a blessing. It truly is a blessing. And to be honest, all parents must have felt that there are some moments that they want to take their kids back to God and say, "God, can I get a refund? It's just too much." <laughs> um, as we um, as we watched uh, a amber being dedicated today, it is a blessing to know that there is a new life in our church and a new baby and she's not the only one we have a few other babies in our church so that's a great blessing to know that god is still with us and blessing us with little children in our church congregation Uh, and as to address the whole church and to especially a special message for the family as well i chose first samuel and the story of hannah and samuel and we'll talk about their story as the story unfolds, as you, as you know the story, uh, Hannah didn't have a child. She was married, and she wanted a baby so much, but she didn't have a child. But according to First Samuel chapter one, verse three, the Bible says, "Year after year, this man, meaning Hannah's husband Elkanah, his man, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord." To the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Homni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. So this man goes to the temple every year and worships God there. What do you know about Homni and Phinehas? Were they great priests? They were very evil. They were evil. According to the Bible, they were not very good people. But this man goes faithfully every year along with hannah um, and the whole family goes up what does that tell us about the faith of hannah and elkanah the family when you go to church do you look at the leader do you look at the people when you go to worship Homni and phineas were the officiating priests they were the pastors, like the head pastor, and the lead pastor of the whole church where they were going to attend and, and, and give offering. But then these were the people who were taking things from people, and they were wicked people, but they still they went and worshiped God every single time. When you come to church, you say, Well, I don't want to go to church today because I don't like some people at church. Or maybe I don't like the pastor, I don't like the way how he talks. I just don't like the way how he looks. I just don't like him. <laughs> Does that affect you, your faith and your church life? It shouldn't. Because when we go to church, do you go to church to look at people or do you go to church to worship God? We go to church to worship God. And that's what we can learn from this family. No matter what you go through in life, no matter how your church looks like, a church is a house of God, and that's what we do. We go to worship God, not looking at people. And I pray that if there was anything that was hindering your heart from going to church in your life, I pray that you would look at God. You will fix your eyes on Jesus, God, the center of our worship, who is worthy of worship and worship there, instead of looking at other people or other leaders. And the story goes on to say that, and Hannah goes, but then she doesn't have a child. Now, Elkanah has another wife, and she has many children, and the whole family travels together to temple to worship. And every time she sees the little children, her heart is broken, and she says, God, why not me? why aren't you blessing me to have children and the husband is very loving and caring the husband says well honey it's okay if you don't have any children it's okay i'm still your husband and i still love you and how did he express his love to hannah by giving double portion of meat that they that they share together well so if Somebody comes and brings peace offering, like for example a lamb or or a goat or something. If it's a peace offering, then they can also eat the meat of the offering after the blood and the, the, the oil, the fat has been offered. They can eat, share the meat with the priest and the family members. They are supposed to share. But Elkanah was like, "Well, because I love you so much, I'll give you more than what I give the rest of the family." Did that make her happy? Not really, because the Bible says her rival, her adversary, her enemy, (laughs) the other wife, was provoking her so much to the point where she would not eat. Do you ever experience something like that? Like, you get so stressed out, you're so, there's something stressing you out so much you can't even eat. Have you ever felt that? She was like that all the time, all the time. And you have your husband, yes, you know he loves you, but still, that's not enough because you have something in your heart. And say, God, you have to fix this. Without it, I can't live. I can't even eat. He gave me, he says that he loves me and he he gave me this so much more and basically double of everything that he gives you. But that wasn't enough. And she was still, she still wouldn't eat and she would cry and she would weep. But on the other hand, the other wife will be very jealous. Well, look at me. I have all these. you know, i bore so many children for you, and I do all the things for you. But look at that woman. She has no children for you, and you love her more than you love me. And she'll be jealous. But on the other hand, Hannah is heartbroken. Well, if you have more than, if you have multiple wives... That 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 will be a quite quite challenge. <laughs> but that's what happened to this family. That's what happened. Verse 7 says, Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Friends, is it possible for the problem at home to affect your worship experience at church? Let me rephrase that. Is it possible for your problems at church to affect your worship experience at church? Yes. That's what happened to Hannah. She was a sincere woman, she was very dedicated, very sincere. But then every time she went to worship, her heart was broken. She was weeping, she was fasting, she couldn't even eat because. Of the experience, the problems that she had experienced at home. Had she had a free worship or a free home, or like a home where she felt comfortable, she felt free, she felt at ease, a nest where she can feel very good at, then her experience would have been much better. But every time, each time she came to church, it's like she's escaping. From her home or her own home do you have any problems at home at work and uh, coming to church maybe you escape that's that's okay but just imagine if you can get rid of solve all the problems at your home at your family and come to church to worship how much more of an experience you would have How much of a full experience that you have when you worship God? Just keep that in mind. And ask God to help you solve the problems in your life. A lot of times, people go... when, When people have complaints, when they have troubles and they have stress, then what do you do? When you're stressed out, what's your solution? What's your stress reliever? You go listen to music? You eat, (laughs) eat ice cream or something sweet. (laughs) You go out for a drive, go shopping. Oh, okay, (laughs) trip stores. Or um, I find a lot of people, especially ladies, like to do this. You find your friend or someone and you talk, you vent, right? Yeah, what did Hannah do? When she was under a lot of stress, when she didn't know what to do, Did she find her friends to talk and vent? Did she go shopping? Did she go find her ice cream? No. She went to God and prayed. Well, I know it will be difficult. It's easier for us to just go find somebody physically and talk to your friend. It's like... Hey, just, just listen to me. This is what happened. This is my what my husband did to me. This is my wife did to me. This is what happened. This is what my boss told me. It's very easy for us to go rely on our friends, humanly friends, and talk to them. But when we do so, first of all, it's very easy for us to complain. Second, it's very easy for us to gossip. But if you go to, go and talk to God, can you gossip? You're praying can you complain to God? Yes, you can, but that's called a prayer, right? <laughs> so when you, when you go talk to God, you can't really gossip, you can't really complain because you're talking to God, which is called a prayer. So I suggest we learn from Hannah and go to God when there's a problem. The problem that is so severe, so bad, so terrible that you cannot even eat, that you cannot even survive. You're weeping, your heart is broken, go to God and talk to God. And after Hannah went to God and and she prayed, you know, her husband doesn't understand her, her, um, the other wife doesn't understand her. She has no friend, basically. And she goes and prays to God, and the priest, the pastor of the church, comes to her and says, what are you doing? Are you drunk? Be sober. Stop drinking. Just go home. The, the pastor, the priest doesn't even understand her. Was there anyone who could understand her? There was nobody, no humanly person could understand her trouble in her heart. And she, the only person she, she could, well, the only being she could go to was God. And that's what she did. That's what she did. And then she was praying because her lips were moving, but her, there was no voice. I guess that's how they pray. We often pray that way, right? We pray silently. But I guess in their Jewish tradition, when you pray, you pray out loud. I guess that's what they do. So this priest, priest Eli, didn't misunderstood her and say, just quit drinking. But she said, my Lord, that's not it. I'm a heartbroken woman. She didn't even explain the whole situation. Just say, this is my prayer. I'm here to pray. And priest Eli says, you know what? May God grant the wish that you have in your heart. May God grant the wish. Was Eli the best priest ever? Like, like Samuel or, or other, other, you know, we have, we have a lot of priests and, and prophets that are really well-known, that are really spiritual, Was Eli a really spiritually good leader? Not really. Looking at how he raised his family, his children, not very good. But however, did God use his words to speak what he wanted to say to Hannah? Yes. Well, so are we supposed to listen to our pastors and listen to their prayers despite they may not be perfect yes i am it's it's interesting for me to say this because i am one of i am a pastor but what i'm saying is that when you look at a pastor don't look at a person look at god's anointed man and woman of god and see how god can use through that person what god can do it has nothing to do with eli It's what God has promised to Hannah. So if you can have faith, bypass or just look through a person, a finite person, which is a a priest or a pastor, but see what God can speak through that person. And God has used Eli to speak to Hannah. And Eli, after speaking that promise, he has completely forgotten about Hannah. And later on, Hannah brought Samuel to the temple and said, you remember that you have told me that promise, and here is that promised child, and I'm giving this child to God. Eli was like, who are you? <laughs> That's what happened. So don't look at people. Listen to the promise of God. Listen to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Listen to the voice of God. Spoken through the prophet, the pastor, the elders, the leaders of the church. And have faith. And God uses people. Hannah made the vow. I'll give him to the Lord all the days of his life, according to verse 11. If you give me a son, I'm going to, I'm going to dedicate him for all the days of his life. Did you know that Elkanah was a Levite? 1 Samuel says that he was a Levite. So when a child is born, he is a Levite. Now, who is a Levite? Levite people made who? Priests. By default, they are dedicated people of God. Right? But then according to according to Numbers 4, 2 and 3, you know how long they serve a Levite? They serve from their age 30 to 50, according to Numbers 4, Numbers 4, 2, and 3. So they serve between the age of 30 and 50. So outside of that age, they work as, I don't know, something else. But then they work in the temple as a Levite, uh, like an active Levite during that time. So when Hannah said, I'm going to give him all the day of his life, meaning he's going to, Samuel will be dedicated from, his birth until his death, not only for those years, between 30 to 50, just 20 years, all the days, days of his life. But let's, let's pause here for a second. When Hannah said, I'm going to dedicate him, I'm going to give him all the days of his life, was Samuel her own? No. He was already a Levite. Meaning, he was set aside, he was dedicated for God already. This is the principle that we can learn. When you give something to God, do you give God something that belongs to you? No. While we give something to God, we give something that is already God's, and we rededicate that, we submit that to Him. That's how it works, it's very easy. We don't give him something that is ours. We give, we give him something that is already his. And we say, you know what, God, I'm going to give this to you again. And God was very happy with that. Can you do that, friends? Give something that's already his and give him that. Can you give him your life? Is your life yours? No. You're created by God, therefore you are God's. You belong to God. And you are purchased by his blood second time. Therefore, you belong to God again. And we live, live our life as if my life is my own. No. We just need to give God back what belongs to him. That's the biblical definition of dedicating a child. Same way. Amber was dedicated today. Amber doesn't belong to the parents emma belongs to god but the parents are willing to rededicate something that belongs to god give it back to god saying that you know what god you have given us this miracle of child of life we want to give her back to you that's my sermon title now i give him to the lord just like hannah gave samuel to god they are giving their daughter to god At the same time, it is my challenge that we give ourselves first to God. What belongs to God, we give back to God. Can you do that? Is anybody willing to do that? Thank you. And I pray that God has heard your prayers. And as you rededicate your life to God, God is going to take it from your hand and use it for His glory. My first time meeting Claire and Bryce was when they, came back from, when they came back from another state to San Diego. We had a church at the park. And it was my first time going up there for a church at the park, only about a month after I got here. And they came here, and they were doing a special music. I was like, wow, this is great. And the whole family came out, and they were doing the special music. Luca was singing along. Abigail was standing there doing nothing, just staring at people. Beautiful family, family scene of them uh, giving a special music. But, it, but uh, Claire was pregnant at the time. So the five family, all of them were giving uh, special music at that time. And then the next time I saw them, not at church, next time I saw them was at the same park. Uh, I took my kids up there for a like, you know quick park, um, playing around. And then I ran into them. (laughs) They, uh, I guess Claire, was working just maybe three weeks before the due date. I think it was about three, four weeks before the due date. And they came up for a quick lunch break. And the kids were playing in the sand, and they were just eating their lunch, and we were talking for a little bit, and said, Well, it's still three more weeks to go, but then I've had so many false alarms, I can't wait for her to pop out now. That's what she said, like, well, let's pray that she will come out safe and sound, and hopefully she will come out sooner than later so that you will be free from carrying your child all around and be alerted all the time. One week passed by, two weeks passed by, time went on, the baby didn't come, <laughs> until I heard that they're at the hospital and they're expecting the baby to come, or they are going to um, do something so that the baby can come soon because the baby wasn't, baby was very happy inside, didn't want to come out. And the baby came that Saturday night, was it like 11, 10, 45, 11, around that time. And we were at church, we heard that they were in the hospital and I heard that the baby came. I was very happy to hear that. And I went, I wanted to go visit them the next day, Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon ish. And I said, okay, please come see us here. We are at this hospital. I was was planning to go, and then I got a text message saying that, please don't come because we are going to be discharged. We are going to go home sooner, before lunchtime. I was like, what? (laughs) So they got out within less than 24 hours of giving birth. Never seen any baby coming out so fast from the hospital. But that's what they did. And now I went to see them at their home, maybe about a week later or two later. I went to see them at their home, and Amber was sleeping through the whole visit. Such a cute baby. You've seen the pictures, right? Cute baby. And I was so happy to hold the baby for a minute and talk to them for a little bit. But then I heard they were planning on going camping (laughs) with the baby, maybe like three weeks. So glad. That they are part of our family and as we talked about earlier we now have the privilege we share the duty of aunt and uncle and siblings and parent and grandpa and grandma whatever you name it to the baby amber and we now have the responsibility to raise the child along with the parents help so can you do that church family yeah okay so As we think about Hannah and Samuel, we worship God, and we don't look at people. We don't look at people, we worship God, and we worship Him only. And the problems at home may affect your worship experience. Solve your problems first. If you have anything, well, yes, if you cannot, just like Hannah brought her problem to church, you can do that. But imagine what it would be like if, you, if your problem is all solved. If God solves all your problems, your worship experience will be much better. So let us pray that God will take care of our problems. Dedicate your child. Dedicate your life. Dedicate your family's life. Dedicate all to God. You're not giving yours. You're giving what belongs to God first, and you're giving back to Him. So let us pray that we give our life him as we have witnessed the baby dedication today let us rededicate our lives to god and let us commit ourselves to him so that he can take us and use us for his glory let us pray our father in heaven we thank you that you take us no matter what however stage we are at you are happy to take our lives and claim it as yours. Lord, we pray that you would take our lives and make us yours so that we will be used by you for your namesake and for your glory. Lord, there are many people who have raised their hands to rededicate their lives in your hands. So Lord, we pray that you would please take control of their lives and solve their problems and help them to know that God is a God who answers our prayers and when they pray when we all pray please answer our prayers and take care of our problems if there's any stress anyone who is going through a lot of stress today well we pray that you will please help us to go bring our problems to you when we do please listen to our prayers and help us lord and i pray that as we rededicate our, our lives please make us yours until you come us until you come back And take us back to your home. Until that day, help us to be faithful. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.